Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman, pleased to be joined by former Raider great Stanford Route. Stan, how we doing? Pretty good, man, pretty good. Got a big W on Monday night, so uh, that's always uh, that's always positive. What a roller coaster of a game. We've had a little bit of time now to digest it. Uh, what are your thoughts looking back on the game now? A big, big W. Can't emphasize that more. Big W against the Baltimore Ravens, a juggernaut within the AFC North and the AFC as a total. You know, down 14-0. Looked like it was going to get pretty ugly early on. They were able to bounce back, make some plays offensively and defensively. Like what Derek Carr said, you know, both offense and defense gave up plays, or should I say made mistakes to contribute to losing, but uh, nonetheless, they were able to go ahead, come back, make some plays offensively and defensively, make some stops, things like that. And I think that was a big team win because I think it bodes well for what's going to go throughout the rest of the season. Because I, like I said before, you know, last week I was predicting that the Raiders would win just because Monday night, Allegiant Stadium, the fans are going to be back. The Raiders usually step up big on Monday night football last week. I mean, last year you saw the New Orleans Saints game. And I just figured that the Baltimore was due for an upset to go ahead and stub their toe coming out the gate. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. You know, just kudos to Derek Carr for leading the offense. Zay Jones, obviously, you know, Derek Carr said he's the hardest working guy on the team. Max Crosby stepping up big, having those two sacks against Lamar Jackson. Uh, you saw just a lot of timely plays by a lot of the people on both sides of the ball, special teams as well. I think it was a great team victory all across the board. Yeah, you know, you and I were texting throughout the game, and you brought up the word perseverance is why the Raiders won. I'm going to use a slightly different word. I'll say resiliency because there were so many times, Dan, they could have folded like they did in the past. I mean, as you mentioned, they yeah. were down 14 nothing, then 24-17, then it was 27-24, and they just kept fighting. They just kept battling. And I read this stat after Monday night's game against the Ravens, who had won 98 in a row when leading by 14 or more points, and that dated all the way back to 2004. And Dan, you brought mm-hmm. up Derek Carr. I thought he was absolutely fantastic following a slow start. I mean, the last five Raider drives resulted in this. Touchdown, touchdown, field goal to tie the game after the Raiders got the ball back at their own 25-yard line with no timeouts, 35 seconds remaining. And then the interception in overtime, which wasn't his fault. You got to catch that ball, Willie Sneed. And then the game-winning touchdown. I mean, he completed 34 passes for 435 yards, a pair of touchdowns, all while playing behind what I thought at times was a shaky offensive line stand. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say this. One thing I will push back, if you're Derek Carr, you got to, first of all, you got to have better ball placement when you're throwing a Willie Sneed right there that led to the interception. That's number one. Number two, you got to go ahead and you got to put a little bit more touch on that pass. You can't fire it in there like that. Guys, you know, 
eight yards away from you. Like you can't fire that ball in there. Remember the offensive defensive line, they're both in the in the way. So that ball is getting on you really, really quickly. But most importantly, that ball was too far out in front of him. Put that right in between the numbers. I think you got a better chance of him catching the ball. And then he's walking into the end zone for the score. Uh, so I would definitely go ahead and put uh, just as much on Derek Carr as far as his ball placement and the velocity as I would Willis Need. He's got to go ahead and bring that ball in. But definitely, like when that interception happened, I was like, oh, here we go again. Same old Raiders. But then they come back and then they they force a, a fumble out of Lamar Jackson. And that was huge. And then the Raiders are just like, you know what? The hell with it. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and put this thing out of reach. That's when you're wondering, are they going to go and kick the field goal? And then they see, okay, the Ravens, they're in an all-out blitz. They got cover zero. Let's go ahead and go to a man beater. And then all of a sudden you see Zay Jones. He's screaming right across the field. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, the Pro Bowl corner, he bumps into his linebacker, creating that natural pick. And then that was all she wrote. Stan, since you joined the podcast, I've been questioning the defense. And I got to give them their due because they kept the Raiders in the game when the offense was struggling. I mean, they recorded three sacks, including Carl Nassib strip sack in overtime. They had two turnovers. You know, I just talked about Derek Carr, and he was great, but I think you can make the case Max Crosby was the best player on the field for the Raiders. I mean, he no had doubt two, about three it. sacks. You know, I believe he had nine quarterback pressures, including four quarterback hits, six tackles, two of those for losses, and I felt like he was living in the Ravens' backfield all night long. And for his performance... He was named AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Oh, yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, those two big sacks. I think he had, what, 13 quarterback hurries, something like that. So, uh, I mean, come on now. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised by that. Any stretch of the imagination. What do you think overall of the Raiders' defensive performance? I think that they came up and they made plays when they needed to. They found a way to get off the field. They forced Lamar Jackson into some turnovers, which is something they were going to have to do all along. And I think they were just good enough to get off the field whenever they needed to. Obviously, they got a lot of room for improvement, but I think that they they were just what they needed to be in that game on a, on Monday night. Now, they're not going to be able to play like that for the rest of the year. You got the Chargers, you got the Chiefs, you got some offensive juggernauts as far as like, you know, the aerial attack, passing down the field, things like that. They were resilient. They came up with them stops when they needed them the most. And I think that, uh, like I was telling you, because you're, you're like, well, Stan, I mean, like, what are the Raiders going to do? Like, their defense. And I told you, with Ngakwe, with Max Crosby, those bookend defensive ends to get after the quarterback, that, in, that right there inherently is going to make the secondary better because that quarterback is not going to have all day to throw. You did say it, and I will tip my cap to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, the Raiders are on a short week now following the Monday night football game. they got to fly east for a matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Raiders are five-and-a-half-point underdogs, and the over-under is 47. Now, if you're into sports betting, bet online is where you should go to win money. If you're a football better, there are tons of futures and props you can wager on as well. Bet online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join or receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, Face-off or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And I don't know if you, our audience has heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom might be returning to professional basketball over in Europe, Spain to be exact. 
He's going to try out for Pau Gasol's team. He's playing hoops. And J.R. Smith, we talked about before, he's back in college playing golf. And Lamar's taking a new product he owes credit to. It's called Balance 7. It's a pH-balancing alkaline supplement drink. It's like vitamins or supplements in liquid form. Just one ounce a day, three times a day, and in a week, you're going to see the effects. You can see how Balance 7 has helped. And right now, if you go to balance7.com and use the promo code BLEAVE, you get $10 off their 32-ounce bottle. The bottle lasts you 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to feel the pH-balancing drink go to work. Again, that's balance7.com. Use the code BLEAVE at checkout. If it worked for Lamar Odom, hey, it can work for you too. All right, Stan, let's talk some Steelers now. And I want to get your recollection of this rivalry first. You played eight years in the NFL. You faced them three times. Any of those games stand out to you in your memory bank? Oh, several. Uh, 2006, we played them. We beat them in 2006. They were the reigning Super Bowl champions. Played them again in 2009. It was a really close game. I believe we won that game. Yes. Uh, Lewis Murphy had a really big game down the stretch. Made some big catches. Him and Darius Hayward Bay. That game went back and forth for much of the game. We came out victorious. 2010, they beat us, I think, 31 to three, or it was a trouncing. Uh, that was the year that uh, they lost to the to the to the Packers in the Super Bowl. They were really good that year. Mike Wallace had a really good season. Uh, so yeah, pretty much all three games, or all three times I played the Steelers, they were very memorable in uh, in one in one way or the other. I remember that uh, 2006 game, Stan. I was at that game. I think the Raiders had two pick sixes. And then I, think uh, the I believe Raiders, so, yeah. I, I think the Raiders' offense had less than 100 yards, but still won the game. It was crazy. Yeah, my boy Fabian Washington, I think he had his first pick of the season um, that game against Ben Roethlisberger on a deep post pattern. I believe Nate Washington was the receiver, if memory serves correctly. But yeah, yeah, I, I still remember that game. And I think that we won that game right after we had beat the Arizona Cardinals or right before. We right went after. Under. We went 2-14 and 14 that season, and those yeah. two games against the Cardinals and the Steelers were the only two games we won the whole season. Was it Chris Carr, I think, who took one back 95 yards in that game? I, uh, I, I think that might have been. It might have been. It might have been Chris Carr. I, I do know that we had some pick sixes. I think it probably was him. Like I said, you know, sometimes it kind of gets away from me. It was a long time ago. I think that was it. I think Chris Carr did, uh, I think he did have a pick six that game. Ben Roethlisberger is still playing, and he's still playing pretty good, Stan. What was it like going up against him? Oh, man, uh, definitely tough to bring down. Hall of Famer, can make pretty much every throw on the field, uh, and just an all-out competitor who, will, who can lead his team. Obviously, we've seen that. That's why they got two Super Bowls. Uh, you know, all-around, top-notch, Hall of Fame, one of the best to ever do a type of quarterback. I mean, you know, I think it goes without saying – that's why they call him Big Ben. He is a monster to bring down for defensive linemen, for uh, DBs who are blitzing, for anybody. You faced a lot of quarterbacks in your time. Where would you rank him? Oh, man, I would probably rank him. It would, de I mean, definitely not above Aaron Rodgers, definitely not above the Tom Brady's of the world or the Peyton Manning's. Um, but he's, I mean, he's definitely, uh, man, I, man, don't even let me lie to you because now I got to sit up here and, and try to think of everybody off the top of my head as far as where would I rank him as far as quarterbacks I've played against yes, or just against in the great face, pantheon. Yes. Let me see. The greatest quarterbacks I've played against, obviously, Tom, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. Those those are top three right there. Uh, Phillip Rivers were probably a strong number four for me. 
Um, Eli Manning also was a really, really good one. His ball placement was pretty good. And just the way he could go ahead and galvanize his teams in Super Bowls against Tom Brady. Let me see here. Jay Cutler, that 2008 season was really good. Jay Cutler's always had a good arm. I'd say Big Ben probably right there in that area of Phillip Rivers, uh, Eli Manning, that four to five range, maybe six. And, you know, like coincidentally, they all came out in the same draft class. I'd probably say somewhere between four to six over the guys I played against. Carson Palmer's another good one. Kurt Warner, another good one. So I'd probably say somewhere as high as four, as low as eight, you know, depending on what your attributes, how you want to rate the guys. I, man, I don't know, but uh, definitely Hall of Famer and should be uh, obviously one day. Dan, did the Raiders organization talk about this rivalry, especially back in the 70s, how heated it was? And I mean, you can make the case it might have been the greatest rivalry in the 70s in all of sports. I mean, we knew about it a little bit from, uh, from you know, like I said, the 70s and things like that. But as far as, you know, once the time I got around 2005, our rivalry was the Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs, San Diego Chargers. So you really didn't hear much about it. You would always see like the old school tapes of the Raiders and the Steelers, you know, where the video is kind of grainy, things like that. But you really did not hear a lot about it. You knew that there was history there. You knew that. But as far as every day, always hearing things like that. No, you you mainly just hear about the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Chargers, you know, especially like when it's Broncos week, that is a different type of feel around the organization all week long, even with the Chiefs, uh, the Chargers as well. But yeah, the Steelers, that's just, hey, it's a game we got to play. It's a game we got to go win. But as far as that deep mantra, a lot of us coming out in that 05 draft class or even more recent, like these kids right now, like Trayvon Mullen, he didn't know nothing about no Steelers-Raiders rivalry from 40, 50 years ago. So, you know, um, so for a lot of us that were born in late, that were born later in life, um, it, it's it's not as uh, something that's prevalent on the front of our minds as, as a lot of people from the different generations. Who'd you hate the most, the Chiefs? Broncos or Chargers, or, or was it a three-way tie? Oh, I would probably say, mm, I would probably go with the Chargers. I would probably go with them. Willie Brown, God rest his soul. He always took it very personal when it was Broncos week. Because I think they cut him. He did. When they signed him, when they signed him straight out of college, they cut him. The Chiefs, that's also a big rivalry. I think that's probably the oldest of all of the AFC West opponents as far as the Chiefs-Raiders rivalry, how long it goes, how far it goes back. I think I could be wrong on that. And then, you know, the Chargers, that was always interesting because it's Northern California, Oakland Raiders, Southern California, San Diego Chargers. So it's a little bit of that North versus South type of rivalry. And because the Chargers, Phillip Rivers was one quarterback I was never able to pick off. Uh, I believe I had a pick against the Denver Broncos, but was called called back because we were offsides. Had several picks against Kansas City Chiefs, and just the the overall the overall difficulty. You got LT in the backfield. You got the Sean brothers, Sean Merriman, Sean Phillips. You got Phillip Rivers at the quarterback position. Drew Brees before that. So I think that probably because they were just so difficult for us to go ahead and kind of get a bead on that the Chargers are probably the one team that I probably disliked the most within our division, but it was a healthy dislike because it was, it was centered around respect. 
Well, the Raiders lead the all-time series with the Steelers 16-13. to And those of you who are old enough to remember, like myself, as I mentioned earlier, this is probably the biggest rivalry in the NFL throughout the 70s. I mean, Stan, these two teams met in the playoffs five straight years, including three consecutive AFC championship games. Raiders won two of those playoff games while the Steelers won three. And, of course, the 1972 playoff game known as the Immaculate Reception where Franco Harris allegedly caught a deflected pass and ran it in for a touchdown in the waiting seconds for a Steelers win. Everybody then, remembers that. Yeah. And then, of course, George Atkinson closed line and Steelers wide receiver Lynn Swan knocked him yep. out of a game. And then Chuck Knoll says, you know, makes the comment there was a criminal element to the way the Raiders played the game. I mean, Stannis rivalry had it all. And I think this might be the most amazing stat. There was 20, there was more than 20 Hall of Fame players and coaches who participated in these games. I mean, 20, that is Mm -hmm. an absolutely remarkable number. You know, I was at the 1976 playoff game when the Raiders beat the Steelers in the AFC championship game. And I was, I was running on the field stand. I'm like nine years old celebrating the Raiders are going to the Super Bowl. And Steelers kicker Roy Gerilla knocked me over. I mean, he <laughs> trying to run to the locker room. I ended up on my back. My brother picks me up. He says, we got to keep running. I end up losing my program. So, you know, at nine years old, I'm crying because I lost my program. Then my brother's like, hey, we're going to the Super Bowl. And that made me feel better right away. Yeah, man. Uh, trust me, so many, so many memories when you go back to uh, – the Raider lower days from Oakland Raiders, Los Angeles Raiders to back to Oakland. And now it's the Las Vegas Raiders. So trust me, it's, it's so many memories that uh, you come to sometimes forget. And then when somebody brings it up, all of a sudden that triggers that memory again. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I definitely uh, hear exactly what you're saying, man. Great times, great times. And uh, so such a historic organization. And that's why I was always honored to play for it. Here's Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr on the Raiders-Steelers rivalry. You got to respect them, obviously. You know, it's like I said, that ball touched the ground. But, uh, uh, you know, we've had our fair share of battles in my career, too, which is fun for me to have a little bit of part of history, you know, uh, of that rivalry. And uh, you grow up and you watch all the NFL films, videos, and then, uh, you know, you grow up and you watch, um, you know, Rich Gannon, you watch Terrell Pryor, you know, take a 90-yarder, you know, uh, you know, down the middle right before I got here. You know, yeah, just there's so many memories of plays and things like that, um, you know, or, you know, at the home game, you know, we throw a touchdown to Derek Carrier. They run a hook and ladder. I mean, just some crazy stuff, you know, where, you know, they end up, I think it was a drop snap or something like that on a field goal to, you know, tie it or win the game. And just so many, there's a lot of memories, you know, and my, you know, memories of, you know, throwing to Crabtree right down the middle to take, you know, tie it up or take the lead. And, you know, Antonio Brown going for 300 yards or whatever he had that day and watching Charles Woodson chase him down at, 40 something years old. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just crazy, crazy memories. Um, when you think about these two teams and I'm just, I'm blessed that I just get to live a life where I get to be a part of that. Honestly, as a football fan, um, I'm honored that I get to even step on the field at, you know, Heinz field and play against these guys. It's, it's cool for me as a fan. Um, but as a competitor, you want to go out and win the game. Before we get to the preview, we have one more sponsorship read to get to, and it's exciting news. Our pod is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love the most. You'll be able to get in on the action with PlayActionPools.com Football Pick'em Challenge, which is open to everyone. And here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. 
we're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V, football pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor Pick'em as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. All right, Stan, let's talk some keys now to the Raiders-Steelers. And I think the first one is I'd love to see that Raiders defense get after Big Ben much the way they got after Lamar Jackson. I mean, we all know Ben's not the most mobile of quarterbacks. I know you talked about, though, he's still hard to bring down because he's such you know, so big and strong back there. But, you know, he I don't think he's going to be able to extend the plays the way Lamar Jackson did. I mean, the Raiders got great pressure on Lamar. He got out of a lot of trouble. Like I said, I don't think Ben's going to be able to do. Uh, we're obviously going to have to wait and see about the availability of Raiders starting defensive end Yannick Ngakwe, who left the Baltimore game with a hamstring injury. Uh, we've lost now Gerald McCoy for the season with a knee injury. That Steelers offensive line is a work in progress. I mean, they start a pair of rookies. At center and left tackle, and two other starters have a combined 25 starts. You know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, Stan, because as you know, it's a much different game when you're on the road. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if they can make life uncomfortable for Lamar Jackson, I'm hoping they can do that to Big Ben as well. Well, yeah, I think the biggest thing, they're going to have to definitely pressure Ben. That's number one. I think the defense is going to have to make sure that they hold up in the back end because the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion, they have better receive. They have a better receiving core, a better aerial attack all around than the Baltimore Ravens do. Obviously, you could see that the Baltimore Ravens have better tight ends than the Pittsburgh Steelers. But Big Ben is a better passer, even still at this at this point of his career, uh, than a Lamar Jackson. You got more dynamic receivers. You got uh, you got my man Chase Claypool. You got uh, the young Juju guy Smith uh, Schuster. Juju Smith Schuster. You still got. Washington, even though he doesn't want to be there anymore. You still got uh, another guy. Man, they got starts with a D. They, they got so many guys, so many receivers that can get open, things like that. It just, it, it, it's very difficult to go ahead and try to stop. Then you got Najee Harris in the backfield. And then you got on the other side of the ball, you got TJ Watt, you got Minka Fitzpatrick, you got Joe Hayden, you got several guys on the all, on the defense side of the ball that can either a, get out for the quarterback or they can pick off passes from the quarterback. So I think that to me, I think that the key is you definitely can't have those turnovers like you did against uh, the Baltimore Ravens Monday night. You definitely can't have that against the Pittsburgh Steelers because the Pittsburgh Steelers have an offense that can really go ahead and score at a high clip. You do not want to turn the ball over because the Baltimore Ravens have more of a run the ball, slow it down, ground and pound, let's throw it to the tight end on the over pattern, things like that type of offense. Pittsburgh, even though they're not really going to go all the way downfield, Big Ben's going to get the ball out. It's going to be a lot of short, quick pass plays. But you got receivers that are able to go ahead and make people miss, make plays out in the open field. So I think that it's going to be a much difficult, a much more difficult matchup this week versus Pittsburgh. And it's not going to be, it's, uh, the game's going to be away at Pittsburgh, correct? It is 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Exactly. Which means 10 a.m. Pacific on a Ex- short week. Exactly. So I think it's going to be a much taller task. You're not going to be at home. You're going to have to go ahead and go against that that Pittsburgh crowd. Everybody's going to be waving those uh those uh terrible those, uh, those, those, those terrible towels. Pittsburgh is going to be their home opener. They just beat the Buffalo Bills. 
now they're starting to feel like, okay, you know what? Last year we started off 11 and 0. Everybody talked about the miniature uh, talent, or should I say the miniature schedule as far as the difficulty of teams that we were playing. Then all of a sudden we got to the meat of our schedule. We started going ahead, stubbing our toe a little bit. We opened up against the Buffalo Bills. So nobody can talk about, oh, well, you know, you didn't really play a good opponent because the Buffalo Bills were in the AFC title game last year. And Josh Allen it was uh, it was an MVP uh, candidate and probably will be one this year as well. So I think that across the board, it's going to be a much tougher task offensively, defensively, special teams for the uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. You got to hang on to the ball. That's number one. You got to control the clock and you have to play very good on defense as far as covering their receivers. You better be able to get after Big Ben. Maybe you can put some pressure on him, force him into some errant throws that you can take advantage of and get some INTs. Uh, with Ngakwe possibly not playing, that's going to be a huge blow. Max Crosby is going to have to play the way he played against Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson on Monday night. He's going to have to play like that throughout the season, not just having a really good game and then possibly reverting back to having an average game. He's going to have to play at that level all season long, and I think he will. Listen to what Max Crosby had to say about going up against Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Obviously, he's not as athletic as Lamar Jackson, so you know, <laughs> Lamar is kind of like an anomaly in a way. But uh, you know, Big Ben's a great quarterback. You know, every you know we talk about it in the D line room all the time. You know, it's about us at the end of the day. We got to do what we got to do, um, no matter who we're playing. Uh, it all starts with get off. Um, playing with crazy energy, running through the ball, causing turnovers. So that's never going to change. So for us, you know, obviously there's going to be different guys we're playing, and we're looking forward to the challenge. You know, Big Ben's a, he's a hell of a player. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So um, we're definitely looking forward to it, and I'm excited. Yeah, you mentioned Steelers' T.J. Watt. He had two sacks against the Bills, including a strip sack. And he's getting paid now, Stan. He just signed a four-year $112 million extension that's a lot of money mm -hmm. um you know look you look at his numbers over the last three years he's recorded double digit sacks including a career high 15 last year stan i don't know how you felt about the raiders revamped offensive line i thought it looked shaky at best you know alex leatherwood had a couple of sacks he gave up a few penalties as well including that you know one right at the goal line that false start penalty at the one yard line in overtime you know center andre james had the bad snap First quarter taking the Raiders out of field goal range. We're hoping Richie Incognito will be back on Sunday. That's yeah. big news after losing Denzel Good out for the season. He suffered a torn ACL in Monday night's game against the Ravens. Mm -hmm. uh, Jermaine Illuminor, who just signed with the Raiders September 2nd. I actually thought he did a pretty good job filling in for Good. Now he becomes the full-time starter on that right side of the offensive line next to Leatherwood. So how did you feel about the offensive line, the way they played? I think down the stretch, they played pretty good because uh, when when it was very apparent that the Raiders need to go ahead and go to the air to get back into the game, especially late in the fourth quarter, things like that, that's when you're able to see, okay, you know what, they're giving Derek Carr some time. And when he's able to have time, he's able to go ahead and throw some uh, throw some good passes. I know that there was one play that he threw across the middle. I forget to which receiver it was. And like, that was an absolute hose of a throw that he made. And I think that 
when you look at the Baltimore Ravens, they're known for having good pass rush. You got Calais Campbell, you got uh, Patrick Queen, you got several other guys in that front seven. Like I said, Don Martindale is their defense coordinator. He was with us in Oakland for many years. Rob Ryan's also one of the inside linebacker coaches who was our defense coordinator for many years. So, you know, both those guys, they know the front seven, they know the pass rush. And for the Raiders to be able to go ahead and when they needed to go ahead and hold up enough for Derek Carr to go ahead, stay upright, make some good passes, uh, make some really good plays, effective plays. I think that it goes to show that the Raiders can do it. They just got to be successful. And I'm sorry, they got to be consistent to do that throughout the course of a four quarter game. And even in the overtime, if need be, Pittsburgh has a very good pass rush. So it gives me it gives me um, a strong amount of confidence that they can get it done. They just got to be consistent with it from play one all the way to the last play. Yeah, I think once Carr settled in, I mean, I thought he did a great job distributing the Rockets. Hunter Renfro finished with six catches. Brian Edwards with four grabs, all those coming in the fourth quarter in overtime. I mean, we've heard so much from the coaching staff about Edwards' talent. Perhaps we saw a glimpse of it, you know, this potential on Monday night against the Ravens. Uh, Henry Ruggs had a couple of receptions. I still want Gruden to get him involved early in that offense with jet sweeps and wide receiver screens. He's got great speed. I know I harp on this all the time, but get him in open space. Stand like they did at Alabama, and let's see him run. And by the way, Darren Waller's on pace for 170 receptions this season. I say that tongue-in-cheek. I know he's not going to catch 10 passes every game. Yeah, I think that uh, that you definitely have to have big plays out of Ruggs. you got to have big plays out of Waller. We know that that's going to happen. And then also Jacobs has to go ahead and do a great job controlling the game, almost kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, always have in their many years of being a franchise, run the ball, good defense, things like that. And I think that the Raiders can do it. They just cannot stub their toe. You can't have these you can't have these interceptions that you see in the end zone like it was to end the game. You cannot have the offensive penalties. You cannot have guys simply not being on the same page. I think for Ruggs right now, at this point of his career, I think that the Las Vegas Raiders need to just find ways, like you just said, get him the ball, get him out in space, a reverse, a screen pass, something like that. Get him going because I like Zay Jones. I like Edwards. They're showing, okay, you know what? They can carry somewhat of some of the load put rugs in a position where you let him just kind of be an x factor just get him the ball find ways to get him the ball i don't care if you put him in the backfield you hand the ball off to him whatever but find a way to get him the ball that way you actually can go ahead and get some production out of him because it seems like he's kind of struggling to go ahead and come along as a receiver in his young but i think it's going to be lengthy and productive career you want to go ahead and get him going early because that's also going to help his confidence and then it's going to help him get in the flow of the game i think that darren waller jacobs i think those guys have to carry the load and i think Derek Carr just has to take care of the ball and i think the raiders will be just fine all right it's time to make some picks in the afc west and how about the division going 4-0 and in week one? Pretty darn impressive. Yeah, definitely uh, didn't really surprise me. Broncos got a good defense. Teddy Bridgewater's not going to – he's not going to turn the ball over. He's a grown-up. He's going he's gonna to make sure that the offense stays efficient. Not surprising that they beat the Denver Broncos. The Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, I think he's going to be a favorite for MVP this year, in my personal opinion. They got a bevy of offensive talent on their team, and I think that – um. When they played the Washington football team, obviously 
Fitzgerald got hurt. Heineke has to come in. The Washington football team has a good defense. Their offense still kind of shaky. The backup has to then come in. And then, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, that's the rematch of last year's divisional round matchup. So I'm not surprised that the AFC West went 4-0. Not at all. All right, Stan, let's start with the Broncos-Jags. Pretty easy one. Denver six-point favorites on the road. Yeah, I would go ahead and say that uh, Denver's going to go ahead and win that game. Trevor Lawrence, he's got a lot of uh, improvement. You saw how he did against the Houston Texans through three interceptions. I think Denver's going to go ahead. They're going to put pressure on him. They're going to force him into some errant throws again like the Houston Texans did. I look for Denver Broncos to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a good one, Stan. The Chargers hosting the Cowboys, L.A. three-point favorites. Yes, that one right there could go either way. I think because they're going to be at home, I think because you got Mike Williams, because you got Keenan Allen, because you got Austin Eckler back in the, in the backfield, and because you got Derwin James back on the defensive side of the ball, I think the Chargers are going to go ahead and beat the, beat the Dallas Cowboys. But I would not be at all surprised if the Cowboys were to, uh, were, were to beat the Chargers at all. I would not be surprised either way which, which uh, direction that game goes. I'm with you. I think the Chargers win, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys won. And Broncos, Jags, obviously, I'm picking the Broncos with you. And then uh, this is another good one. Chiefs at Ravens. Baltimore, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, I could see – I definitely see the Chiefs winning that game. But because it is on Sunday night football, because Baltimore is going to be playing at home, because the Chiefs are known to stub their toe here and there, even though they're a great team, I would not be surprised if Baltimore was to win this game – uh, Coach Harbaugh, he's going to get his guys ready. Yeah, they've had injuries. They now have one more week to go ahead and try to figure out, okay, how are we going to supplement these injuries? How are we going to go ahead and compensate for these injuries? And I think that if Baltimore is able to go ahead and get that run game going, something that the Raiders were able to kind of slow down at certain points, if Baltimore is able to get that run game going, they can drown out the clock, they can control the game, and they can go ahead and put the Chiefs at a disadvantage by simply having Pat Mahomes on the sideline. So. I would look for the Chiefs to win the game because they got more firepower, but because styles make matchups, because the game is in Baltimore, because Baltimore is coming off of a loss to the Las Vegas Raiders, I would not be surprised if they bounced back and were able to go ahead and pull out and sneak a victory against the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, last one, Raiders-Steelers. Who are you picking? Raiders-Steelers in Pittsburgh. Now, because I am going off of past evidence, my head is telling me the Pittsburgh Steelers will probably pull this one out. My heart is hoping that the Raiders will win and go ahead and come out this gate 2-0, which I think will permeate throughout the rest of the schedule as far as confidence, believing that we can do this building that bully, building that camaraderie that uh, John Gruden so desperately wants to go ahead and try to build in Sin City. Uh, My head is telling me uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers because can the Raiders go ahead and two back-to-back juggernaut opponents, can they pull it together, do that on the road, 10 a.m. kickoff against the Pittsburgh Steelers who are coming off of a a victory versus the, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Can they do that? My heart is, t- is telling me optimistically they can. My head realistically is telling me, Stan, be prepared, embrace yourself for a hard-fought loss on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's it's difficult. Short week, 
flying across country, as you mentioned, 10 a.m. Pacific start time. I think it's close. I think the Steelers prevail in the end, unfortunately. I think 24-21, maybe 23-20, something along those lines. But uh, like I said, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully the Raiders are able to uh, pull one out and start the season 2-0. and uh, Stan, St. Thomas High School, who are you guys playing this weekend? This weekend we have Houston Christian to a Friday night. We're going we're playing them at home. So uh, definitely a game that we should win. I think the guys are pumped. And uh, we got to go ahead and, uh, and keep our foot on the gas as far as the winning ways. And uh, definitely uh, look for big things throughout the rest of the season for my kids. And what college game you call on this weekend? This weekend we have my, form, my alma mater. We have University of Houston versus Grambling. Are you going to be able to be unbiased on this call, Stan? <laughs> yes, I can. Uh, now, this is this will be my fourth U of H game over the last couple of years. So, like I said, it's all just old territory to me. But, yes, I, I definitely will be able to be impartial, yes. Good stuff, man, as always. Always enjoy it with you. Always. Love it, Dennis. Can't wait to do it again next week. All right, Raider Nation. That's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. For my partner, Stanford Rout, I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts find the coffin corner. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.